is Danish Dynamite, the Superliga podcast, brought to you by footballindenmark.com. Hello and welcome to Danish Dynamite, your one-stop shop for all things Danish Superliga. And despite the snow coming down during many games last weekend, the season is very much heating up. I think we might as well just get straight into it this week. There's so much to talk about. No better place to start than Herning, where it's been a pretty busy week. And on the pitch, FC Michelin were coming off a nil-nil draw with Alborg last week, where I think it's fair to say that Alborg had the better of it and were, were probably unlucky not to win. And how did they follow it up this weekend? Well, they followed it up by losing 3-1 to Lingbu, a team who have managed just their, this was their third win of the season. But they did score three goals earlier this season against Michelin, and perhaps that was a, a warning sign. But Lingbu have now won two on the bounce against Bromby and FC Midtjylland, no less. So really, they're, they're putting together some, uh, some pretty interesting form. And uh, j- just on the, uh, on the pitch, there was insult to injury as FC Midtjylland had Bramado, Junior Bramado, sent off. He was coming back from a lengthy layoff and really two stupid challenges and got a yellow for each and got sent off. And that doesn't help them at all. And news broke yesterday that this was the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back in Michelin and they decided to part ways with Albert Capellas, a manager who hasn't even done a whole season. He, you know, he came in midway through the season to replace Bo Henriksen, uh, who moved to FC Zurich. And he, you know, he came with a very decent pedigree, Albert Capellas. You know, he'd previously been uh, an assistant at Borussia Dortmund. He'd been an assistant at Bromby, at Vitesse. He, he'd coached the Danish under-21 team uh, and he was coming from from the Barcelona setup where he was the, the Barcelona B manager. So, you know, he came with a very high pedigree and really, to be truthful, I haven't seen on the pitch any any discernible difference. You know, the team were looked good one week bad the next he seemed to be constantly rotating there was never you could never be sure who the lineup was going to be and I think that he was fighting a bit of a losing battle in terms of the recruitment side of things where FC Michelin lost you know two of their star players over the winter window in in Evander and Anders Dreyer and the replacements who came in have looked okay but certainly are not of the the same standard as those players off the bat and of course there's an adjustment period and I've got no doubt that they're going to show show their quality in time but I think that leaving the team without those two players and the contribution they make has put them in a, a tricky position so Michelin are now very much in the relegation group and they can escape on the final day and we'll talk through what would need to happen for for that to take place but it's not looking good for them. And I think that firing the manager is almost a, um, it's almost them conceding that this is going to be too too big a task for them to do. And so are having the reset now. Patrick at Dookie on Twitter asks, who should FC Michelin appoint as their new manager? You know, when I saw this news break, I thought the most obvious candidate for me was Yes Thorup, you know, former FC Michelin manager, former FC Copenhagen manager, won gold medal at at both clubs and he's currently available so I, th- I think you know that's he's a known quantity to them he's proven what he can do in the league and so yeah he seems like an obvious candidate to me Nils Fredriksson obviously another option you know I think the end of his tenure at Bronby went south but he's a great man manager could be an interesting option but it seems like the the candidate that is is leading the race at the moment is Per Matthias Holdmo who 
is currently the Bikor Haken manager, the Swedish champions. And he's also a former Norway manager, former Rosenborg manager, has got a very strong CV. So he could be a really interesting candidate. So whatever happens, I think that Michelin are going to have to retool this summer and really find a, a style and a way to compete again. Because over the past four, five, six years, they, they've been one of the one of the top two, three teams in the in the league and have you know represented Denmark in the Champions League they've had some really top class players come through and so I think they need to get back to that point and and quickly uh, and so it starts with the manager but yeah there's a there's a whole bunch of recruitment they need to do and we talked that Isaacson might be leaving in the summer that's another big gap to replace so yeah big work to do there on the flip side, credit to Lungby because they, they really they really played a great game and Lungby BK England asked can we do it? And the truth is, I think perhaps they can, you know. I said on Twitter uh, last week that I get a, a kind of Vila last season vibe from them in terms of Vila looked dead and buried before going into the winter break. And they came out of it with this fighting spirit, but also a sense of, you know, like they're playing with house money, that their fate was already sealed. And so they were able to play with a bit more freedom. And it feels like that's what's happening with Lungby. And it's it's really you know you see the videos after the game and the, the players are so hyped and uh, there, there feels like this real sense of togetherness. So I think that they can do it uh, amazingly. Uh, that you know they've got eleven more games to go. Uh, they've just put together two wins on the bounce and you know they're, they're starting to believe. So huge game for them coming up this weekend, which we'll talk about a bit later. But I think they can do it. Uh, it's going to take a monumental effort, but it's uh, it's not as far-fetched as it seemed a few weeks ago. Moving on to the, the, the second game that, that caught my eye this weekend, Viborg entertained league leaders FC Norgeland in Jylland. And this was a, a fascinating encounter because it was, you know, first playing third and Norgeland went ahead through Daniel Svensson and it was a, a really magnificent goal. Uh, Villardson, I think it was, put in a, a cross that was sort of over hit and Svensson picked it up right on the far side of the box, cut inside and curled it into the far post. And I said at the time, but it really felt like a Sheldrup-esque goal, which is a um, big credit to, to Daniel Svensson, but a really lovely goal. Vibor continued to, to press and, and pressure and carve out opportunities and uh, managed an equaliser that was really massive credit to new signing junior Renato. He, he really impressed me this game. And he uh, won the ball back, ran two thirds of the length of the pitch, showed really good composure to square the ball to Ashuri who who scored and and there was you know some 90th minute drama as well Lucas Lund Pedersen pulled off a, a really great double save you know first one with his feet follow up with his hands uh, at one end and then at the other end some more great work from Renato Nils Mortimer through and you know he had the opportunity to win it he hit the inside of the post and so it was on as even but this was a really great game that could have gone either way and showed exactly the quality on display why these two teams are, are where they are in the league. Alex at CPH Gunner asks can FC Norgeland hold on and I'm changing my tune a bit here. I think that when when you look at how dominant FC Copenhagen have, have been since the the winter break, I think it's going to be tricky. You know, FC Co this weekend ran out four one winners in Horsens, and they've really come out of the winter break with the bit between their teeth. You know, they scored fifteen goals in four games, and they look like they mean business. My feeling is that 
FC Co really have the momentum at the moment. Uh, and when you look how they played against Horsens, uh, you know, Horsens went ahead early on in that game. And a few people, myself included, were wondering whether whether it could happen again. You know, Horsens won the won against them uh, earlier in the season. But FC Co really moved through the gears and dispatched them fairly easily in the end. The pick of the goals came from Loney Jordan Larson. Son of son of Henrik Larsson, uh, and after it, it was a really beautifully worked passing move that he he finished off. But it was really nice team football, and and I'm sure Jakob Nystrup would have been very pleased with how that goal panned out. But the top three is now separated by three points, so FC Norgeland are still top. FC Copenhagen a second, only a point behind them, and Viborg a third, two points behind them. But I, I really feel like FC Copenhagen have the momentum, and you know they've got the squad depth. Uh, they um, they've they've got players returning from injury uh, like Cornelius, so I just find it really hard now to look past them for the title. And I, I think you know throughout the season I've been saying no, I think Norgeland can can hold on to it, but these past few games have have changed my mind on that. So uh, prepare for some flip flopping, and uh, not to say it won't change again in the future. But if I was asked now, can, can Norgeland hold on? I think that they might just get pipped to it by by FC Copenhagen. Looking to the west of Copenhagen, Bromby pulled out a huge win against Silkeborg. Uh, Valleys, who of course arrived from Silkeborg earlier this season, scored the first goal. Uh, I thought it was—I uh, don't know if there was there was bad blood there, but uh, I don't think so. But he he ran off screaming in celebration. I thought <laughs> I've seen lots of times where players score against a former team and sort of uh, look almost embarrassed to have scored and run off holding their hands up. But there was uh, there was none of that whatsoever. Oliver Son equalised. Silkeborg but then it was a classic Ohi goal to win it you know that this guy always finds himself in the position you want a number nine in he put his head on the line nodded home from six yards and that was the winner for, for Bromby but I thought they played really well they deserved the win and uh, have given themselves a really great chance now of, of finishing up in the championship group one of the questions I got on Twitter actually uh, Chalte I think you pronounce it asks uh, who do you see as being the, the the keeper for the national team over the next 20 years? And I have to say, I, I can't claim that I'm a, a, a national team expert when it comes to Denmark. I tend to, uh, you know, my time is uh, is quite limited. And so I tend to focus on the Superliga. But what I would say is that I noticed that the Bromby keeper Mads Hermansen has been brought into the, the Denmark squad uh, alongside Schmeichel and Rono in terms of the keepers. And he's been really impressive he's obviously incredibly highly rated and this is now his second season as a starter for for Bromby and given he's only 22 uh, he'll be 23 this summer I think that he could be the answer to the national team goalkeeper question for maybe not the next 20 years but uh, certainly the next 10 I think that could be really interesting and over to Odense, which is a, a it was a very strange game on on the Friday night, primarily because there were some problems with the the Danish TV provider that meant that no one in Denmark could actually watch this game. So I was uh, I was sat at home on uh, on Friday watching it and getting lots of messages from people saying, "How are you watching this game?" And I thought, well, <laughs> "What do you mean?" But it so it turned out that there was no problem to watch it abroad but uh, if you're inside Denmark it wasn't possible so I was trying to uh, to sort of commentate on the game uh, and it was a great game actually uh, it was um, an unbelievable goal uh, by Franco Tongi in it and uh, if you haven't seen it I, I urge you to to pull it out because a cross came in and both him and Sabi who was standing a 
couple of meters to his to his right both went for bicycle kicks at the same time and uh Tongi's one connected and and smashed it in and it, it was quite a comfortable victory for them in the end Alborg really didn't um didn't offer a great deal there was a long shot from Lucas Anderson uh, at one point that you know could have been a, an absolute golazo but no that didn't go in uh, and Alborg scored with one of the last kicks of the game which I they'd sort of resorted to throw some defenders up front and, and lump it long and actually that worked and it, it did make me think maybe um maybe Maybe this is a team that should be playing more direct uh, in the future as the season winds down. But no, finished 2-1 and Alborg find themselves now level on points with Lungby at the bottom of the table. And they've scored the fewest goals in the league. Hamron still isn't able to, to get a tune out of this team. And it, it's, it must be really dispiriting because the Alborg fans are there in, in force every week supporting their team. Uh, and last week against Midtjylland, you know, they really showed that they had it in them to, to pull out a performance and were very unlucky not to get the win. Uh, but that almost looked like a bit of a mirage compared to this week where they didn't have that same verve that they had last week. And it's going to be a long old season for them now with uh, 11 games to, to go. Finally, AGF secured their place in the top six. You know, what, what a what a turnaround to the season it's been for them. You know, Rossler came in at the, the beginning of the season and... Uh, they look really good, and then they had a, a bit of a slump, and they're, they're coming out of the winter break looking like a, a different team again. So, um, well played to them, and yeah, that they they had a really deserved win in in Ranners. I thought that Ranners fell apart. Carlgren, who is so often uh, the hero for them, had an uncharacteristically poor game in goal. Uh, he gave away a really clumsy penalty, and. Uh, Rana's also lost Johansson late on for quite a nasty challenge. Uh, it was a second yellow, probably was uh, you know an orange card that one. But no, that that secures AGF's place in the the top six and and gives them a platform to build on. And I think what's going to be interesting is to see from this point on, do they use the fact that they're in the top six to really kick on now and and push for a European place, or do they rest on their laurels and say, right, we're we're safe now, so um, the pressure's off? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I I sense that that Russell is not a guy who's going to want to sit back. Um, so yeah, let's see where it takes them. I guess the big question is, where does that leave the table? And there are, there are five teams that still have a chance of reaching one of the two remaining top six spots. And if you look at the, the table currently, Wombi and Ranners sit there in the in the top six. But there's one more round of fixtures before the league split and uh, all manner of permutations could happen. So the, the four fixtures that the top six hinge on this weekend, and they're all being played at the same time, which is incredible. But uh, Silkeborg play FC Michelin. FC Norgeland play Bromby, AGF play Obi, and Alborg play Ranners. Uh, everyone's got their own opinion on how these are going to pan out. My view is that uh, Silkeborg, Michelin is probably going to be a draw. I would say Norgeland will beat Bromby. AGF, Obi, I've got down as a draw. And Alborg, Ranners, I'm going for a, a Ranners win here. And if that scenario was to happen, it would mean that Bromby and Ranners, the two teams currently in the top six, would remain there. Uh, and so I guess that's how I'm going to call it. <laughs> but tune in on Sunday and, and, and watch. And it's, it's going to be amazing with all the games kicking off at the same time, seeing how the teams move around in, in real time. There's two other fixtures to look out for. And, you know, they don't have a, an impact on the top six, but they're, they're no less compelling. Uh, FC Copenhagen play Viborg. And this has big ramifications in, in the title race. But these two teams, I had a look, they haven't played each other since July, which feels like, you know, a world away. <laughs> and in July, Viborg won 4-2. 
And I j- just had a look at the the scorers in that game, and it's you know again it, it feels it feels almost like a previous season because three of the five scorers are no longer at their respective clubs. You know, Christian Sorensen obviously made the the move from Viborg to FC Copenhagen, but Justin Lombic. He moved to Dynamo Kiev, so he's not there anymore. And Pep Biel obviously moved to Olympiakos, and, and he's not there anymore. So um, it's uh, t- two very different teams to the ones that, that played in July. I think for this one, it's hard to see past an FC Copenhagen win. Uh, but I think that if you were to pick any team to give them uh, a, a difficult game, it would be Viborg at the moment. So that's going to be a real humdinger of a fixture. Uh, and at the other end of the table, we've got, a relegation six-pointer, which is always a really fascinating one to to keep an eye on. Lungby play Horsens. And I think that it's probably not overstating it to say this is Lungby's most important game of the season so far because a win would take them within four points of safety. So if they're going to reel in Horsens, you know, they've got to win these these head-to-heads. So this is going to be one to, to keep an eye on for sure. I've got no idea how this one's going to pan out. You know, Horsens welcomed back uh, Matej Delac in goal which uh, is a, a big boost for them. He said himself that he, he didn't have the greatest of, of comeback games, but um, it was it was good to get back out there and that, you know, he, he's only going to improve with more game time. So yeah, keep an eye on that one. I, I genuinely don't know which of these games I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be watching because uh, there's, there's so much at stake in all of them. I'll probably end up flicking between a few of them. But yeah, if you're outside of Scandinavia, One Football and FIFA Plus have the have the games so yeah lock in on on Sunday afternoon and and see how they go so I'm going to be back next week I've got, got a special guest joining me next week to to pick through all of the 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 action and I think that there's going to be so much to talk about so hopefully that rounds up everything from from last weekend and and gives some idea of what you should be looking for this weekend before I go, as ever, if you'd like to support what I'm doing at footballindenmark.com or uh, on the Danish Dynamite podcast, you can become one of uh, one of many supporters on Patreon uh, who help make all this possible. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash footballindenmark and uh, yeah, for the price of a coffee a month, you can help keep the lights on, help keep the content flowing and yeah, it's really very much appreciated. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at DK. Come along, tell me my opinions rubbish and interact with me on there. Uh, we would love to talk Danish football. So enjoy the weekend's action. Uh, thanks for listening. And here's to another great weekend of Superliga action.